Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. fantastic to have the opportunity to be with you this morning if not in person um, it's the joy of modern technology uh, today I actually want to speak to you about how we need an epidemic of encouragement we've had other pandemics and epidemics but I really believe that we we need as as churches to have a different attitude to what's going on around us in the world. And I think encouragement is the key. Let's face it, over the last while, there has been lots and lots of things that would discourage us. We've had, I think, not only a pandemic in terms of our physical well-being, but we've had a real impact on our, everyone's talking about our mental health and how it has impacted us in so many ways. And I think it has impacted us spiritually as well. And so what I wanna talk to you about this morning is how we can maintain a culture of encouragement among us. Because if anyone should be encouraging, it should be the people of God. And encouragement isn't just, you know, us saying nice things to each other. It's not just flattery. Uh, I suppose it's a wee, a wee bit like sometimes I think my my grandchildren uh, resort to flattery in order to sort of wheedle out of me the things that they want, or or especially their papa, to be honest. Our little t- two-year-old quite often sidles up to him and gives him a hug and tells him that she loves him, but she knows that he's got a secret stash of sweeties, and if she does that, she might she might be able to access some of that. But that's not what we're talking about this morning. We're not talking about flattery. We're talking about encouragement. And it's mentioned many times in, in the New Testament. I mean, obviously, the Apostle Paul really appreciated the encouragement of others. And he also was when he's writing to the churches, he talks to them about encouraging one another, supporting each other, commending one another because he knew it was vital and especially vital probably when you're going through difficult circumstances. Many of the churches, as we know in the New Testament, were under intense pressure. And so therefore encouragement was a vital part of their well-being and of their ability to keep on going despite their circumstances. When you look At the New Testament, there are several verses that would exhort us to encourage one another. One is in Hebrews 3, verse 13. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Actually, that's really interesting, isn't it? Because what it's saying is, encourage each other daily, that we need to be intentional about it. It needs to become a habit that we form, that we're doing on a regular basis. Think of all the other things you do on a daily basis. Do we encourage one another on a daily basis? And it says, so that you may not be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So it actually helps us 
to guard our hearts against sin. It, I think it keeps our hearts soft, soft towards each other and soft towards the Lord. And then in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 11, it says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just in fact you're doing. So what Paul's saying there is, you know, you do this, you encourage each other, you build each other up, but keep on doing that. And then I love when you go into the Old Testament, there's two verses which I think we should hold in our hearts. Proverbs 11:25 says, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. That is, we have a heart to encourage others, then encouragement will come to us as well. And then Isaiah 50, verse 4. The sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. Honestly, I want to speak that verse over my life on a daily basis. I want to waken up every day and say, Lord, what are you saying to me? And have you something to say to me that I could pass on to someone else to encourage them? A well-instructed tongue to give a word that sustains the weary. And so, as part of the family of God, here we are being encouraged to encourage. The dictionary definition of encouragement says this, it's the action of giving someone support, confidence, or hope. The action of giving someone support, confidence, or hope. It's speaking truth to one another. And you know, when I say that, I don't mean that horrible phrase that we often hear in church, um, let me say this to you in love. And it's always a precursor to somebody dumping something horrible on you. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about speaking God's truth into each other's lives, which often gives us a different perspective on the circumstances that we're facing. And it's also being able to point out to people things that you see in them that perhaps it's hard for them to see about themselves, to encourage them in the gifts and the abilities that God has given them. I've got a friend and she has the most wonderful gift of hospitality, but because it comes so naturally to her, she just thinks, oh, well, everybody can do this. And it takes other people around her to say, no, everybody can't do this. This is something that you do, that you welcome people into your home. No matter what's in your cupboard, you can produce a meal for them. They never feel as if they're imposing on you. You just have this amazing gift of making people feel at home. And she, she doesn't see it in herself. She needs others to point that out to her. And I think many of us are like that, things that we do naturally, things that we think everybody else can do. We need someone to say, no, this is a wonderful ability that you have that brings encouragement to others. And so it's being able to help one another, build each other up, motivate each other even, and give us a sense of confidence and hope. We need encouragement because discouragement comes from so many sources in our lives. The Bible speaks of the world, the flesh, and the devil. Now, when you think about the world, the world's culture is not based on the same values as the kingdom of God. 
it's really about looking out for number one. It's about promoting yourself. I mean, we're, the, the Apprentice is back on TV at the minute. And I suppose it is about the most quintessential um, example of what today's culture looks like, where everybody's out for themselves, promoting themselves, I mean, painfully at times. And that's the culture that we are living in and imbibing. And of course, there's also within our culture, and it, it sort of makes us compare our lives to one another as well. Um, and so that we you know, want to acquire more and more as well. The recent, I think the recent Be Kind movement is because of the havoc that a selfish world has created in our lives. You know, a smile, a thank you, a word of appreciation goes a long way. Even if you, and I don't think you can separate the, you know, the spiritual from the secular, but you know, even if you're not talking about the Lord to someone, just those simple acts of kindness can change an atmosphere. You know, as you go into the supermarket, you don't know what the person at the till is going through. You, you don't know their circumstances. And just a smile from you, a thank you, a word of appreciation can perhaps change their morning or their, their afternoon. I mean, as people, as children of God, as we walk into a room, what are we carrying? What do we bring with us as we walk into a room? Do we bring that sense of hope? Do we bring that sense of looking for the positive to, to speak into people's lives? I think perhaps in in our culture, I don't think that English culture is that different from Northern Ireland. You, we, we tend to be a little bit reticent about speaking out the positive things that we see about people or, or saying something positive to someone, um, you know, that we would meet randomly. But I really think that if we are carriers of the presence of God, if the Holy Spirit dwells in us and we walk into a situation, then we are the ones that should have a well-instructed tongue, that should be able to express some of that encouragement to the people that we meet on a daily basis. And, and not to be shy about it, but to speak, to speak it out very freely. I remember during lockdown, actually, because, you know, we were all wearing, you know, our baggy trousers and T-shirts and sweatshirts and not getting dressed up for anything for there was nowhere to go. And uh, I was in Tesco's one day and there was a girl walked in and I mean, she was dressed to the nines. She looked as if she was going to a wedding or something. She looked amazing. And uh, and I just couldn't, you know, I, I, I sort of set aside my natural Northern Ireland reticence and I said, you look fantastic, you've made my day. I said, we're all sort of dressed, like, so, you know, not, not thinking about what we're wearing, and you look amazing. And she just laughed, and she says, well, she says, it's terrible when you have to get dressed up just to come and do your grocery shopping. But you know, it, it's, it's just that ability to keep our eyes open, to keep our ears open, to see where we can encourage on a daily basis. The world, the flesh. What are we talking about when we say we get discouraged because of the flesh? Well, I suppose the flesh is ju basically just who we are apart from God. 
And often, I don't know about you, but often the most discouraging voice in your life will be your own. That you will speak discouragement over yourself. You can think about yourself negatively. You can speak about yourself negatively. Sometimes we reinforce the negative things that we have picked up from other people or maybe even from family members. And, and we reinforce that in our lives. And we know, and, and we've often talked about it in, you know, in recent years, that words really do have power. Those things that have been spoken over your life do have power to impact you. And also then when you take those things and you speak the negative things over your life, that does have power in terms of how you see yourself, how you view yourself. And God wants us to see ourselves as he sees us. And, and he wants to speak his positive truth over our lives so that we can stand strong in him and know who we are in Christ and be able to move out with a sense of hope and confidence because of all that Jesus has done for us. Proverbs 12, 18 says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. What power there is in a tongue that we have given over to the Lord. And we said, you know, I, I think we, we need on a continual basis, Romans talks about presenting your bodies as living sacrifices. I think that on a regular basis, we need to be saying, Lord, fill me with your spirit and that, that we give parts of our body to him, including our tongues and say, Lord, give me this tongue of the wise. Give me a wise tongue that I would speak your healing words into people's lives and, and, and really um, ask the Holy Spirit to help us not to just speak recklessly to people because it, and you, you have, I'm sure you have experienced it. Someone without thinking has said something really cutting to you and it does pierce your heart. It pierces your heart. It hurts. And even though if, even if you challenge it and they go, oh, I didn't mean it like that. There's still such pain involved when we recklessly say things that we haven't thought, thought through to pe with people. And so our tongues have huge power. As it says in Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. The tongue has the power of life and death. So could I encourage us that we would start to speak God's truth over our lives, that we would do it over our own lives, that we would say no to the lies of the enemy and that we would speak the truth of God over our lives and, and to, to take it as truth. Like, you know, sometimes if someone says something positive to you or encouraging to you, you know, we can almost dismiss it. But God wants to encourage you. He wants to encourage you. And how does he do that? He does that through the body of Christ. He does that through each other. We are his voice to one another. And so if we can speak God's truth over our own lives and then also speak God's truth over each other's lives, it will bring that sense of what God is saying to us. Let's speak the truth that I am God's masterpiece. I am forgiven. I am a new creature. 
I am strong in the Lord. I am accepted in Christ. I am loved with an everlasting love. I am overtaken with blessings. There's so many verses in scripture that speak the truth of who we are in Christ. And if we can lay hold of that, take hold of that and speak it over our own lives, it will bring such encouragement to us. There's something very powerful about being able to encourage yourself in the Lord. Of course, we need the encouragement of others, but there are times when we need to get into God's word and we need to hear what God's view of us what God's view of us is and take hold of that. You know, I love the story in Samuel where David is at an all-time low. Um, the enemy has come and raided the camp and carried off their families, carried off their possessions. Even his best friends are turning against him. The men that he's fought side by side with, and they're even talking about turning on him. And it says, David encouraged himself in the Lord. There are times whenever we just need to take a step back and we need to go to script and say, Lord, I just need the encouragement of your word in my, in my life today and to allow the Holy Spirit to take it and really apply it. And then as you do that, as you learn to encourage yourself in the Lord, then you will be able to encourage others as well. And of course, it's the world, the flesh, and the devil. We have a real enemy. The enemy will use every disappointment, every hardship, every opportunity he can get to discourage us. He specially wants us to question the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God. He wants us to question God's love for us. Let's remember that scripture says that he is a liar. He is the father of lies. And his sole aim is to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what he wants to do in your life. That's what he wants to do in my life. And we must be aware of his schemes. Discouragement often comes from that source. And it is up to us to be alert to what he's about and to recognize the lies that he's speaking over our life and replace those lies with the truth of God's word as we, we've already seen. I mean, the psalmist knows what it feels like to be really, really discouraged. I think that's why we can relate so easily to the Psalms because you read them and you realize, oh, you know, I'm not the only one who feels like this. Um, the Psalmist has felt like this as well. So, you know, when you read in Psalm 13, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? But then when you read the psalm, the psalmist starts to say, but I will remember, I will give thanks, I will praise. That's, that's his way out of all of these emotions that he's feeling where he does feel abandoned by God and he is finding it hard to connect. And you know something, that happens. That happens in life. If, for those of us who love Jesus, there are times when we're going through things and we're going, 
Lord, where are you? I just can't find you at the minute. I can't hear you at the minute. And that is why we need one another. That's why we need others to be sensitive. I, I love the thought that, you know, we're living our lives and we're going through things. And I heard someone say once, you know, but God causes people to have some conversations behind your back not in a bad sense, but in a good sense, where, you know, you hear someone's maybe not feeling well, you hear someone's under pressure, you begin to pray for them. And then as you pray for them, God drops a word of encouragement in your heart for them. And you text them, you, you get in touch with them, you give them a phone call, and you let them know that you're thinking about them. And whenever you're going through those hard times, it's just so wonderful to have someone do that for you. And so so that's why I think it's really important as Christians that we, we stir our hearts, we stir our spirits, that we, the, the, the word is intentional, that we are intentionally thinking. And I think that's why scripture is so clear that it should be daily, that it isn't something that you do now and again or just randomly, but that on a daily basis you're saying, Lord, somebody in, you know, in, in, within my circle, within my reach needs encouragement today. Who is it that you want me to reach out to? And of course, when the enemy presses in, when circumstances are difficult, when we are feeling the pressure of it all and, and finding it hard to uh, connect with the Lord, I think worship is the way to start to focus your mind and your heart again on the goodness of God, on the faithfulness of God, and the truth of who God is and who you are in him. Worship and thanksgiving can change our whole, whole perspective um, no matter what we're going through. And you know, it is a powerful weapon. We are told to put on our spiritual armor when it comes to uh, being involved in spiritual warfare and pushing back the enemy. But worship is an amazing weapon that God has given us in defeating the lies of the enemy. It's not only truth. I mean, when you begin to worship, you're beginning to speak out truth. You're, you're, you, you are singing out the truth of God's word. But I think there's a spiritual dynamic that begins to happen as we worship. A spiritual dynamic where the Holy Spirit then comes as we worship and and lifts the burden off us, lifts the heaviness, lifts the weight, lifts the sense of being left alone, of being, a, sometimes we, we feel just like the psalmist felt, Lord, I'm, I'm abandoned by you. Like, where are you? What are you up to? I, I've been in that place. But if we will then make a choice as the psalmist does to begin to thank the Lord, to begin to worship him, to begin to declare the truth of who he is, something changes in the spiritual realm. Some, a spiritual dynamic kicks in and the Holy Spirit comes and brings comfort and hope to our hearts once more. So worship and thanksgiving are an amazing weapon that God gives us to fight discouragement in our lives. And then the fourth area where that throws discouragement at us is life itself. I mean, over this pandemic, people have talked a lot about all of the conspiracy theories um, that, you know, others, uh, some of us, others have believed. Um, but I think often in life, we can be quite good at 
adopting conspiracy theories. And you know, I think as Christians, while we have an enemy and he is out to kill and steal and destroy, we need to realize that it's not all down to a direct attack from Satan on our lives. Our world is broken. Our world is broken because of sin. And you know, whether you're a Christian or not, we will experience the same results. Just, you know, I may be a Christian, my next door neighbor may not be, but you know, we, we are subject to the same um, results of our world being, being broken. We, we get sick. You know, we have problems with our, with our children. We, we face difficulties in the workplace. We, we have the same problems as a result of a broken world. And we shouldn't be surprised because Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. I think when trouble comes to our door, and of course, the enemy does then kick in with all the questions, well, if God really loved you, this, this wouldn't be happening. But when trouble comes to our door, I mean, I, I find this personally really, really challenging. I only challenge the goodness and the faithfulness of God when bad things happen to me. You know, in life, we've experienced some really painful times. And, and I have gone into that spiral of where are you, Lord? And, you know, I can't find you. And, and why is this happening? And yet, when I take a step back, I mean, even through the loss of a grandchild, I thought, Lord, I'm questioning your goodness today. And I'm questioning your faithfulness today. But there are babies who die in our world every minute of every day. And until it came to my own door, I didn't question your goodness and I didn't question your faithfulness. And that is a huge challenge to us, isn't it? That in the middle of some very painful circumstances, that we hold on to the truth that God is with us. He will never leave us. He will never abandon us. He is our faithful God and he pours out his love and his comfort upon us on a constant basis. Our blessing as followers of Jesus is this. We know a God who gives hope to the hopeless. We know a God who loves the unlovable. We know a God who comforts those who are sorrowing. And you know, that same God has given us his Holy Spirit and we can not only know those truths for ourself, ourselves, but we can have that wise instructed tongue that speaks those truth, that truth into the lives of others. I think within all of us has got to be the response, Lord, this is who you are. You are my God, so please use me. I think God is calling us to be like the woman in Proverbs 31. And I never thought I would say that actually, because um, you know she's pretty intimidating. But I do think God is calling us to be like her when it says she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. Because to have that well-instructed tongue is to know the word that sustains the weary and the, the wise tongue that brings healing. 
I think we need to pray that the, the Holy Spirit would release in us such a desire to not only experience God's encouragement in our own lives, but that we really would have a, a radical explosion of encouragement in the church, that no one should come in um, and be with us, whether it's in small group or in the bigger gathering, or you bump into somebody, you know, in, when, you, when you're out and about, that nobody should leave us feeling a sense of hopelessness or discouragement, but that we can speak those, those words of encouragement into one another's life. And that's why I love the prophetic. I, lo I love the prophetic because at the heart of the prophetic is a spirit of encouragement. It tells us in Corinthians that the purpose of the prophetic gift is to strengthen, encourage, and comfort. And I really believe if you have a heart to encourage others and you begin to do that on a regular basis, God begins to release a prophetic edge to what you say to people. We all can hear from God. In fact, you know, it's part of our relationship with God. We all, if we are in relationship with Jesus, we can all hear from God. And we need to if we're going to grow as disciples of Jesus. But then as we learn to hear from God for ourselves, then we can begin to hear from God for one another. And, and those, those are the basic building blocks of developing the prophetic gift in your life, that, that we, can, we can ask the Holy Spirit to release that gift to us so that what we're saying to one another isn't simply, you know, I think you're great, or I see this in you, and I think we should do all of that. But, but once a prophetic edge comes into the encouragement that we're giving one another, what we're saying to the person is what God thinks about them, how God sees them. It's not just me saying something nice to you. It is that you would hear some, have a perspective of how God sees your situation, of how God sees you, and that can change everything. And of course, one of the things that as Christians we probably struggle with or, or ask the question about is, you know, how can I be sure I'm hearing from God? Hearing from God, it seems like such a super spiritual thing that surely not everybody can just, you know, tune in and hear from God. But it's absolutely true that once you become a follower of Jesus, you are going to be able to hear from God. And I just want to finish this morning by saying three things that hearing from God is based on. Um, and, and then this evening we're going to um, unpack a little bit more of that prophetic gift and how we can, every one of us can step out and ask the Holy Spirit to use that gift in our lives to bring encouragement to one another. And so if you're worried that you're not going to be able to hear from God, I would say hearing from God is based on three things. One, it's based on the character of God. You and I are in relationship with a God who speaks. It's what he does and he does it really well. And he knows you and he knows how best to communicate with you. 
It will be different from the person sitting beside you. Yes, one of the primary ways he speaks to us is through his word. That is, we read his word and we ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us from his word. He will do that. But also the Spirit of God comes and he knows you as an individual and, and he will communicate with you. God is a God who communicates. And I think it, that takes the pressure off us. We make hearing from God all about us, but actually it's all about him. It's what he does. He is a God of relationship. And we know relationships don't work unless there's communication. And so while we speak to God and we call that prayer, then we can expect that God would in turn speak to us. It is a two-way thing. In fact, that's how God is described in the Old Testament and contrasted to idols. It says, they have mouths but cannot speak. Our God can speak and he, he spoke and created our universe. The, the psalmist talks about how even the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. And so we, from Genesis through to Revelation, we follow the, the great story, God's story, where God speaks to his creation throughout the Old Testament, through the prophets, into the New Testament, where Jesus comes and he's described in John chapter one as the word, because he came to speak to us about who God was, to show us the very nature of God because he was the son of God. He speaks to us supremely through Jesus Christ. And right into the New Testament where God continues to speak through what is written to the churches and you have the seven letters in Revelation and the culmination in the marriage supper of the Lamb, you're in relationship with a God who speaks. But the second thing is, it is about your identity. You're a child of God. And because you are a child of God, God will speak to you. John 8, 37 says, um, he who belongs to God hears what God says. That's one of my favorite verses in the Gospels. He who belongs to God hears what God says. So all you have to know is, do, have I given my life to Jesus? Do I belong to God? Then the promise is you will hear what God says. And finally, it is a little bit about expectation because when people talk about hearing from God, when people talk about God said to me or, you know, those things are quite intimidating. And I think we imagine that it will be either some amazing mystical experience or else it will be with such clarity that we'll not be in any doubt about it. But I find more often than not, if you just settle your heart and you tune, tune in and say, Lord, I wanna hear from you, then God begins to come and drops thoughts into your mind and into your heart. And you have to start to trust that if you've opened your mind to him and opened your heart to him, that those thoughts are inspired by the Holy Spirit. And it is God speaking to you. And of course, supremely look to him to speak to you from his word, that the Spirit of God will make this book live and speak specifically to you from it. And so as we have literal ears. Let's open up our spiritual ears. Let's tune in to what the Holy Spirit is saying. Um, and, and when he begins to drop things in your heart and mind, don't dismiss it, um, but receive what he's saying to you. Let him encourage your own heart and soul. And then say, Lord, 
you're encouraging me. You've maybe even given me a verse of scripture today that has encouraged my heart. Who could I pass that on to that it would be an encouragement for them? Let's begin a, a radical revolution of encouragement. Let it be an epidemic that we all catch. Let's say on a regular basis, on a daily basis, today, Lord, who can I encourage? Can I just finish by praying for you that just if you're able to just reach out to the Lord right now and say, Lord, I want that well-instructed tongue. I want to give my tongue to you this morning. I want to say, Holy Spirit, will you touch me? Will you fill me? And Father, may I be an instrument of encouragement in the lives of others. And I pray that that gift of prophecy would be released to me, that I could give people words from your heart to theirs that would build them up, that would strengthen them, that would comfort them. Lord, we pray that we would be carriers of your hope, your love, your grace into our broken world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I made so many notes on my uh, new version app, which if you want to find out the headings and the scriptures to download the new version app, we put it up every week. So many notes, but my last line here was a radical revolution of encouragement. As we go out of here today, we're going to sing a song, but why don't we just make this decision in our mind? I, I made it sitting there and I'm encouraging you to do it. I'm not going to speak to anyone today rest of today that I don't encourage in some way so as soon as they walk away from me they feel encouraged everyone so as many as I can that I speak to today something that encourages them makes them energized focuses them on the goodness of God can we do that every so everyone an oasis of encouragement that you speak to say something and tonight, uh, Priscilla was meant to be with us. I've just had a text before I got up here from Paul Reed, his, uh, Priscilla's husband, because I asked how she was. And he said, she's just not herself, Steve. She's tired uh, and not herself because of COVID. So she was going to take tonight, but we're still going to meet here tonight. We're still going to do the same thing. I won't be able to say power in the way she says it. Power, that means power, by the way, in case you wonder what she's going on about. Power. But tonight, we're going to believe for the power of God to be with us through prophecy we're going to have an extended time of worship we'll worship together and then we'll ask God is there any words now I know Priscilla was going to do this if this frightens you about tonight then um, come brave anyway she said Steve when she was here a few weeks ago visited would you mind if I get everyone to do a bit of this and I said no, you do what you like we wouldn't invite you and then tell you what to do so tonight as well as the being stuff from the platform, extended worship and such like, we will just be taking a little bit of time when we pray for one another and prophesy over one another. We'll set it up with some scriptures and then we'll release each other to do it. Because if you're a follower of Jesus, you can do it. If you belong to God, you can hear his voice. So come along tonight and let's experience the power of God in that way. Amen. All right, let's bow our heads, close our eyes before we sing this last song. I don't know all of you, 
don't know if you're a follower of Jesus. I don't know you guys all online that are watching whether you know Jesus. But we want you to. We want you to know what it is to be a child of God. So we're going to close this time before we sing our song of worship to end with a prayer of devotion to Him. And if this is your first time or reconnecting with Him, at the end of this, I'll just ask you to raise your hand and say, yeah, I've made a decision today. Or if you're online, just put a yes in the chat there or in the, the box. Just yes today. And if you want to give us more information so as we can send you something, we'd love that if we don't have your info. But you're saying yes to Jesus. So let's pray this. Church, we'll all pray it out loud together. Pray this with me. Say this. Lord Jesus, today I give you my life. Thank you for your amazing love shown on the cross for me. I believe you're alive. I believe you're Lord over all. And I want to make you my Lord. I want to decide to follow you. Thank you for hearing me. In your name I pray. Amen. Still with heads bowed, eyes closed. Anyone in the room here or anyone online, you're saying yes, write it in there. But anyone in the room, you're saying yes to Jesus today. First time or recommitment to Jesus. I'm looking around the room. Anyone here will celebrate with you. Help me if I can't see someone. Thank you, sir. Great decision. Well done. Well done. Anybody else saying yes to Jesus today? I can't quite see you all with the lights. But hey, anybody else joining this young man saying yes to Jesus? One last time. Come on, let's give our God a round of applause. He's a good God. He's merciful. He's kind. He's full of compassion. He's faithful. He's trustworthy. He's consistent in his love. Our God is an awesome God, and we love him. And he's the God of the generations. And he's the God of the universe. He's the God over history. He's the God over Ukraine. He's the God over Russia. He's the Lord of all. Come on, let's give him a round of applause. Let's worship him with this last song. Come on. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you.